light treason news, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined in this very sunny Friday episode by Meredith Clark. Hi, everybody. Hello. <laughs> I'm sitting directly in intense sunlight. It really looks painful. It'll be okay. Like, it, it's so weird in this apartment where... It'll be like this for 10 minutes, and then the sun will shift minutely, and it won't be an issue anymore. But until then, I'm shielding my eyes, guys, while I record this episode. It's okay. Most people want to shield their eyes from the entire <laughs> world right now in general. That's true. Guys, I don't know if you've noticed this, but um, shit's real bad right now. Real bad. Can I just make a general plea? Like, I know we're in the pop culture section, but guys... Immigration is really um, how immigrants are being treated right now in this country is barbaric and awful. And yes, also what the GOP is attempting to do to healthcare is awful. Yes. We can care about both things at the we same time. We should be time. caring about all of the things. We don't have to say that it's a Machiavellian plot mm-hmm. by the administration, um, that Melania's jacket, yeah. I don't care, is trying to distract us. Well, or or the fact that like somebody planned to send a... Uh, Kirsten Nielsen and Stephen Miller to Mexican restaurants specifically mm-hmm. so they could, you know, make sure that the liberals were angry and then, you know, lol owned liberal tears. I mean, why can't we just admit that this is the administration is a pack of narcissists? Yep. They don't care about human life. Nope. And I would totally buy they did it for the lulls. Oh, like, totally. Oh, liberals will get so mad. But that doesn't make it a Machiavellian plot. No. It also doesn't mean that people should not keep doing it. I mean, the... The thing to help right now is to keep the pressure on and to stop being civil in any form. I mean, this is not, they can do this all they want, Mm -hmm. but the only way things are going to change is if we keep the, like, keep being angry about this stuff. For sure. We're going to get to all of that in a second because actually in the good news section of the show, guys, hello, you're listening to Light Trees and News. Here's how the show works. We talk about pop culture. Then we get to bad news. Then we get to good news at the end of the episode. So you can leave on an optimistic note. And I do want to talk about some of the mass resistance that's happening right now as good news Mm -hmm. because it's been awesome to see. Uh, But while we're in the pop culture section, Meredith, I wanted to ask you if there's anything you're listening to reading or watching right now that you want to recommend to everyone. Um, Well, I think I mentioned it last time I was on the show, but it's still in full swing and I highly encourage everyone to get in on it. The World Cup is still happening. Um, and they are finishing up the group stage right now. So early next week, you'll start seeing games that are the knockout section. So you can still root against the European teams that feel like they're a little bit too empire-y, say Belgium or, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, the King of Belgium used much of Africa as his own personal, the most dangerous game hunting ground. Like we can definitely still hold them. Cool. I'm going on record Mm -hmm. on Light Trees and News saying I find that behavior bad. Yeah. Uh, But there are some great underdog teams that are still playing that you can root for. Um, Iceland is playing tomorrow, and they're my jam. Hell I love yeah. them. Also, there's it's some, just a shame yeah. their men are so bad looking. You know? Oh, I know. It's really terrible. It's hard to watch them Yeah, play. it's also a shame that uh, the French team is so full of, uh, of terrible, uggos. just terrible. Just one just nothing. The next. Yeah, like, man, they, they really lost the genetics lottery. Yeah, if you are looking for uh, a version of reality that feels good, you can watch uh, the incredibly hot 
non-white men of the African or the the French national team play, and it is there. really beautiful. There. there, there are many people who you might call absolute units playing mm, in uh, many different teams. So you have sold me, madam. Yes, uh, I will watch your soccer game. <laughs> Uh, that's that's that. I've also uh, I listened to the new Licky Lee and that was really excellent and I enjoyed well, it. I have been scolded that that is not how you say her name. It is not how it's how you say her name. I I don't know. Apparently not. How do you say it? I don't know. Because <laughs> that's how everyone I know said it. I think we're all saying it wrong. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Someone was like, uh, apparently they made a recording for Catherine and Sally for their show. Oh. How to say it. Um, but I don't know if you still have it, send it to me so we can settle this once and for all. Cause I, at this point I've heard like so many pronunciations of it that mm-hmm. I'm confused, but let's get the official. Version. Yeah. I'd love to see it. Uh, I also, uh, was really into an article. I think I sent it to you today. It was published in the village voice online about, uh, by the woman who wrote the original feature story on the murder of Brandon Tina. Uh, Yes, I haven't had a chance to read it yet. Um, You know, anyone who is quite young might not know the details of the story, but in the early 90s, a young trans man named Brandon Tina was uh, sexually assaulted and then murdered by two uh, men in a city in Nebraska. I forget which one now, but uh, and then uh, for It was a horrible hate crime and a woman from the Village Voice traveled to Nebraska and wrote a piece and became eventually the movie Boys Don't Cry with Mm -hmm. um, Chloe Sevigny and uh, what's her, Hilary Swank. Hilary Swank, yeah. And she did a whole long feature going back through her notes to do a mea culpa for right. reporting, like for the the intrinsic tra- anti-trans bias Which and is transphobia, kind of amazing. Usually, journalists don't do that. Well, well that's why I th- that's why I thought it was a piece worth recommending because yeah. it's so it's really moving, and you have the chance to read. They scanned the original piece in there as well, so you can see it. But she does some pretty fascinating and like smart searching, and I think that it's a good piece that lays out a good way to be an ally when someone calls you out Mm -hmm. and how you can actually think about things you might have done wrong and not be a dick and not try to forget them. Like, not sweep it under the rug. Yeah, I feel like we can all uh, brush up on how not to be a dick. (laughs) Especially, (laughs) I forget sometimes with this administration, I'm like, am I supposed to be a fucking asshole every single day? Oh, no. No, no. I can still be a good person. Um, well, I am on now like day seven of not being able to stop thinking about Hereditary. Oh, God. I still haven't seen it. No so. spoilers. No spoilers. I just every day I think about it. <laughs> I've seen it twice now. I brought a friend of mine, uh, Chloe, to go see it. Oh, my God. She was. Uh, it was right before she had a very big show. And I was like, are you sure you want to see this? Because it's very traumatizing. And she's like, yeah, let's go. We went. Oh, no. And uh, she was fine afterwards. But she was like, damn. Like. <laughs> My favorite thing to do when I'm watching Hereditary now in a movie theater is to watch all of the couples who thought it would be like a fun date movie. Oh man, I mean, I'm taking my boyfriend, but I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna be new. Like, no, I definitely don't couple. think it's gonna be a fun date movie. That's for yeah. Sure. I, th- I'm talking mostly about like teenagers mm-hmm. who are like, oh, it'll be like spooky. We can cuddle, and it's not that kind of movie. Oh god, it's deeply traumatic <laughs> and traumatizing. Um, and yeah, it's great. I can't wait till you see it so we can actually like talk about it. Oh, I know. Don't worry. It's happening hopefully great. this weekend. Great, great, great. Uh, any other recce wrecks? Trying to think if there's anything else. I really haven't been doing anything except watching soccer and then uh, 
running around. So mm-hmm. unfortunately, I don't have a whole I'm gonna lot to be offering. I'm going to anti-wreck something, guys. Oh, please do. Moving. Oh, boo. Uh, it's Very the bad. Worst. Don't do it. It's gross. I am currently recording this in an apartment that just has a mountain of boxes in the middle of it, which is great. I wonder if it'll improve our sound quality because mm. <laughs> it's like a buffer. Um, oh, I do have one more great. thing. I was going to say genuine recommendation. Uh, any and all videos or uh, feature stories you can read about Coco the gorilla Ugh. who passed away today at the age of 46. Can I just say I'm genuinely sad about this? As you should be and as we all should be. Like now, any you know, again, for anyone who might not be familiar, Coco was a, a lowland gorilla that was taught sign language and so knew something like a thousand signs mm-hmm. could understand human language. Yeah, really like um, revolutionized kept- our understanding of like how animals think and how human-like they can be. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, she had cats. She had had many, many kittens that she... And one of her kittens fucking died. And she was devastated. And they had to tell Coco that her kitten got hit by a car. And she was crushed. Oh, yeah. She was just like... Uh, it was so sad. They have footage of it. Like, yeah, ugh, I did God. watch some footage from 2018 with the cats that she had, uh, the kittens that she had, had picked out uh, at some point not not too long ago. So it was earlier this year, and it was Miss Black and Miss White, mm-hmm. and or Miss Black and Miss Gray. And so these, you see her picking the ki- two kittens that she wants out of this box of kittens, and then snuggling them, <sighs> and it's too pure for this yeah, world they were her babies yeah. Yeah. yeah there's also amazing footage of her meeting robin williams and mr rogers she loved both of them yeah. so much mm-hmm. she like she's very affectionate with most people but like with those two she really like she like immediately hugged them and i 100 percent convinced she could pick up on like good vibes i was just gonna say i think it's because she understood that they were both good souls who yeah. needed in a way that other human beings might not have needed the affection and like empathy and understanding she wanted to offer them in that moment. That's one of the most interesting things about animals. That's sort of like other sense they have where they can like pick up on that stuff. Like my dad's always been really good at dog with dogs. Yeah. At dogs. <laughs> really dogs guys. Uh, but I remember my, my aunt, and my uncle adopted this little dog Dory and she had like very clearly been abused mm-hmm. and she used to get, so afraid of people that she would just sit in the corner of the room trembling and crying and she would like piss herself because she was so scared poor thing she met my dad and she like immediately ran over to him and like he's just like the dog whisperer it's so weird but i'm convinced they can like pick up on good intentions Mm -hmm. um and a sort of counter story to that i had a golden retriever growing up watson and one day my dad was walking watson Actually, it was at night through a park, and these two guys passed them, and Watson growled at them, which Ooh. he's never done before. Yeah. He's never He had never growled at anyone. And 30 seconds later, a cop car pulled up looking for the guys. <laughs> so I think he smelled like fear mm-hmm. and was like, what's going on? This is weird. But I find that shit fascinating. That is so interesting. Although, we like to yeah. think we're smart as humans, but we're largely walking through the world fucking oblivious to shit that's and going we, on. We certainly don't have very much interest in what might be going on with other people. And so don't pick up on some of those signs. Right. And Although there are stories yeah. about people who have been in like really traumatic situations like they got jumped by a gang or something Mm -hmm. um, or attempted um, abduction. And they have said that they smell fear (laughs) on their abductor. 
like so I think when you're in a heightened state you can sort of have that animal like quality um to yeah. your perception of the world but it takes being in a traumatic situation whereas animals just like have it all the time oh uh, yeah there's you know and I I just spent a lot of time watching videos of Coco and kind <sighs> of bawling my eyes out today I know I'm and so sad she was um, 45 46, 46 which is like very very old in gorilla years yeah. and we'll say they like she had a very good life. It was, you know, she, her captivity led the people that were working in the sanctuary where she lived to learn an enormous amount about primates and about gorillas and about all kinds of, you know, important stuff. So the, there are animals out there in the wild right now that are living better lives because Coco was able to learn how to speak and represent that stuff. So I think like we can all, just we should all raise a glass to Coco yeah for being such a it goes without saying right now that Meredith and I are drinking wine okay I'm just gonna put that out there (laughs) I feel like I'm on the beach right now because the sun is so intense and I'm drinking wine and I'm talking about Coco so I'm very emotional so I might pass out at some point oh god (laughs) I'll shield you thank you uh yeah so I was trying to think if there was anything I started watching a show on Netflix because of Charles's recommendation Mm -hmm. uh called 100% hotter Ooh, which is a makeover show, but the reason it's there, it's definitely problematic <laughs> because there's like this gross segment to every episode where they have the public like rate how people look, and I hate uh, it no. so much. But what I like about the show is that they work with the people to elevate their look, so it's mm-hmm. not like y- we want to completely change who you are. They're just like. What is the essence of what you're going for? And here's like a refined version of it. Okay. Um, and they're real short episodes, so I'm like cranking through them. Mm-hmm. And uh, the hosts are three very hot people. Of course, that's <laughs> so, shocking. So it's shocking, but it's also like it's I'm not hurting watching it. You know what I mean? Um, oh, I do have the other one. Uh, the discovery of Escape to the Continent. Oh yes. Uh, if you heard Allison and, and me talking about Escape to the Country, the show where British people with more money than anyone should be allowed to have after living a perfectly normal life uh, try to find themselves country homes to live a sort of sweet middle-aged retirement or uh, get out of the bustle of the city because they're actually cowards. Um, <laughs> now you can do that exact same thing, but going to Austria and France and... Uh, you know, a couple other countries, I think Italy. And yeah, so the same thing, middle-aged people decide they want to decamp to Europe to live their golden years. And they, they're like, yeah, we've got like 375,000 euros to buy a, you know, villa in the southern part of Austria, right by the Italian border. Can you find us something near a ski town? And then they get all bitchy about it. It's really... It's, it's e- too close to the skiing. I don't want to be that close to the skiing. It's, it's like, oh, is this a problem? Does this count as a problem in your world? Oh, uh, it is it is wonderful. And the the places, like the, the houses are so much more interesting than the ones in England. So you see some truly spectacularly hilarious things. Can I tell you a personality flaw that I have that I just can't shake or like change my thinking of go for it when anybody lives new york city like leaves new york city i'm like oh you're weak Mm -hmm. that's too bad (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's like i'm eventually gonna leave but up until then 
that is always the opinion I have of people where they're yeah. like, I was like, oh, yeah, no. you can make it. Yeah. I mean, the answer is you're either weak or you're super rich. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. But I don't have those friends. So anybody okay. who like leaves the city, I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not true, but it's always just the reflex of thought. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, you can make it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's all right. Mm-hmm. It's just a character flaw. <laughs> that's all right i mean i think everybody has to tell themselves that and live in that state of affairs otherwise to, like withstand living yeah here yeah yeah otherwise how could you ever make it mm-hmm. yeah we have to be judgmental and really bitchy so we don't realize we pay way too much and we're just mm-hmm. packed in this miserable city that's falling apart until pandemic takes us yeah right i have nothing to add there it's totally <laughs> gonna happen that's just accurate that's what's gonna happen guys I don't know if this next story belongs in the pop culture section, but I also don't know if it's bad news. So I'm just going to talk about it right now. Um, Trump hugged the flag, guys, and we just have to live in this world now. Yeah, that happened. This is the kind of thing that happens when you definitely should be able to say, I don't think this person should be able to like live on their own anymore. Yeah, like, and are you okay? And obviously the answer to that is no. I had recorded an episode with Charles and we recorded the second episode and I looked at my phone and I had frantic text messages from Meredith that just said, oh my God, he hugged the flag. (laughs) And I was like, what's happening? And then I saw the story. Um, He was giving a speech during the National Federation of Independent Business. Oh, it goes without saying I'm talking about Trump, right? Um, And he was discussing immigration at length, including his zero tolerance policy that separates families at the U.S.-Mexico border. He concluded his speech by praising small business owners, saying, we're doing well as a country, and you are the ones truly who are making America great again. He then hugged the flag as he walked off stage, guys. He hugged the flag. He hugged it. Yeah, so you know the picture where he's yelling at the kid mowing the lawn? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. This is like, he's doing to the flag what you would think he'd want to do to a cute child. Yes. Yeah, like like, he he is more sentimental towards the flag than an actual human child. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Even a white child. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't believe this is a person who's having lucid thoughts. Uh, no, no, he is not (laughs) like even Trump, like at his arguably apex of assholeness in the nineties when he was like the big business guy and he was like a best-selling author and all that stuff. I don't think that guy would have hugged a flag. No, he didn't give a shit about that stuff. So like now it's just so bizarre. This is why I'm like, I don't think it's bad news. It's just fucking weird news. Yeah, it's definitely something I'm surprised that we haven't had more memes of, but I suppose nobody has time for memes anymore I now that everything's think just the worst. I everybody's in fucking shock right now. Oh, absolutely. Um, I feel like I had one other... Is it about the president hugging the flag? It's not. It was about something that was more... It was less depressing than that. But, yeah. you know, it's not. it's not there. I did get to be part of somebody else's pop culture experience. Ooh, what happened? I was waiting to go to the Spoon and Grizzly Bear concert in Prospect Park last night. Sure. And I had Rosie with me. Yep. And a man with a maybe six, seven-month-old baby walks up. He's like sort of walking towards me slowly, and he's talking to his his kid, his son, Tobin. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tobin? Tobin. Okay. Uh, And he's like, look, it's a corgi. (sighs) 
And I said, you can come over and pet her if you want. Uh, Rosie's an and ambassador for all corgis. So as this little baby is petting her, he says, can I take a video to send to my wife? Oh. So as I'm holding her and I'm trying to tell, like, get little Tobin to unclasp his little baby fist <laughs> and sort of open it up and pat, pat her, her on the yeah. head. Uh, yeah, he, he was videotaping this. So now my dog has been a part of someone's cute baby That's video. That's so cute. Yeah. But also I feel I need to add, we should put a moratorium on Park Slope parents being able to name their own children. Oh yeah. The Tobin? Yeah. Tobin? No. Hey, absolutely not. The guy who plays um, the bad guy in Saw, his real name is Tobin. Meredith, that is such a deep cut that you had to go to <laughs> to normalize this fucking behavior. It's not okay. I reject it. Stop naming your kids fucking Arrow and Tobin, Park Slope parents. You're first up against the wall. That's harsh. They shouldn't be killed. No. <sighs> Guys, it's that time of the episode. Let's all hold hands and cry. With lots Here's of crying coming this guy. <laughs> guys. Can you believe I just called for the execution of Park Slope parents and this isn't the bad news? Uh, here is your bad news. <laughs> guys. You'll be shocked to hear that almost all of my bad news has to do with the Trump administration's immigration policy. Oh, you mean the child kidnapping? The child kidnapping. Oh, my God. And the uh, child internment camps. Oh, Jesus. Um, so uh, I guess an even more horrific update to the story is that there are multiple what are called tender age shelters. These are Baby internment yeah. camps. Baby and toddler internment camps. And somehow there are fewer people, there are fewer child care professionals minding these children than there are at normal baby child right. care centers. Uh, you mean the, the babies that need the most care have the fewest people helping? I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't say that. No. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean... Outrageously, there are already three of these uh, baby internment camps and a fourth shelter, which could house up to 240 children, is reportedly being planned for Houston. Uh, MSNBC broke with this story and Rachel God, Maddow so just burst out crying. She couldn't finish the segment she had or she couldn't even she finish reading the lead. Yeah, she threw to Lawrence O'Donnell, who also I don't think was OK and like couldn't really talk. Um it, I, but I mean, I understand it. It's horrifying. Like, I mean, these are these are infants to like, I mean, infants and toddlers. We're not yeah. like tender age. What we're talking about is actual babies, not not like eight year olds, nine year olds, as if that would be better. But we're not like it's a euphemism right. that hides that these are children who don't have language, can't walk, can't like feed themselves and can't identify like, like, and like I know I already said this but I feel it's a point worth repeating this is the the time of their life when it matters the most the to absolute have their parents most. yeah to um be constantly nurtured it's never a good time to put a child to put a child in an internment camp but especially <laughs> not when they're babies um if in terms of talking about long-term trauma this is going to permanently alter how these children behave how they think how they feel yeah well uh, I was talking about this and I this is a little obscure but the it it reminded me 
and I'm thankfully some of these things are changing, but mm. these camps where these small babies, these kids, they're being separated from their families and put into these hor- horrible conditions. It reminds me of the way that people used to talk about the orphanages in Romania yes. when communism was still in effect and like children, they outlawed birth control, but nobody had any money and they would take the children away. So then they would put them in these horrific orphanages and it caused massive trauma to the children that lived there to the point where there are several psychiatric and psychological disorders that are essentially connected specifically to kids who had to live in these circumstances. And And also like rates of alcoholism and drug abuse. I mean, it is, it is a huge factor in the probability of developing substance abuse issues, mental illness, and also uh, potential for like violence and, and like lashing out because the, there's no sense of, it, it completely stunts your ability to, to function and, and learn empathy, which means that by creating these baby internment camps, they're setting up perfect circumstances to create the ab- the actual monsters that they are making up in order to create these internment camps. Oh, but camps. then the good news about that is we can just lock them up in private prisons. Ooh, see, I know, like, I know that this is all part of the long-term plan, but it just seems like if we're in a trade war, why are we trying to import our monsters? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's I'm sorry. That's just like an incredibly callous way to make a joke about how awful we're being to these children. But no, no, it's I understand why you're saying that. I was just thinking about um, Gaber Mate uh, is a a doctor who always talked about how uh, drug abuse is a sickness, and mm-hmm. usually it's people trying to self medicate. And he was the first person I heard talking about how. Like children who had grown up in Iraq or Syria had experienced such early trauma as babies that they go on to become adults and they start self-medicating and, you know, whatever their drug of choice is or if it's alcohol or something like that. But the fact that we destroy these children and then they become broken adults and then they are trying to self-medicate just to get through the day and then we lock them up for it is like so backwards and in such an obvious way but we never fucking stop and i mean there are some there are many wonderful pieces out there where journalists have spoken to child development experts doctors um trauma specialists that have run down all of the that are running currently in the process of still looking at every step of this evolving uh process saying exactly how this is still likely to affect these kids Mm so um i would definitely recommend sort of googling around to find some of those pieces um just because i think it's it's worth seeing what experts have to say about exactly how bad this is and i think it's a great way to it would be a great tool if you're trying to convince anyone in your life to join into an action Mm -hmm. um because you can definitely if if you can't convince someone to get involved in fighting against this through a a doctor, like a medical professional's assessment of what it's going to do to the kids, then I don't know how you're going to. I mean, I think at this point you could probably convince other liberals, other progressives. I'm past making moral pleas to Republicans and the right. They don't care. But I think that like, we don't have to do this, but you know, I'm sure that some of your listeners may have people in their lives that, you know, maybe it's not even in action, but like sometimes you want to have that, you know, if you have to talk to these people, I guess there are people still on the fence. I I just see so many Republicans who are just like, I don't care. Yeah. They don't care. They don't care about children. They think the children are victims, but it's a terrible consequence of their parents, you know, committing a crime that they're not actually committing. 
kidding. And, and you can make moral pleas. You can make religious pleas. You can say like, but you're pro-life. And like, I don't think that shit works. Yeah. I know? still, I'm still holding out some vague hope that something at least in the, the abstract will get through. I think like there's just so much. And, mm. you know, now that today, apparently the policy is, uh, that they're going to start. I don't know if you've got other tabs open that are into this, but you know, they're yeah. as they like supposedly reversed it. And fuck you, New York Times, for the headline that this you put on. This is so fucking misleading. So all of the headlines. I mean, the Huffington Post had a bad uh, headline too. Uh, their headline is Trump signs off on plan to end his family separation policy, which is not what happened it's at all. True, uh, guys. I think we need to be very clear in what we're asking for. We want these families reunited, not reunited in prison. Yeah. Um, which is uh, so far the only commitment we've gotten from like Department of Homeland Security and Health and Human Services is them blaming each other mm -hmm. and saying, uh, we don't know who's going to reunite these families, if anyone. And then other it's also not retroactive. So the kids that have already right. been separated from their families, they are not taking responsibility for right. doing any of the work to reunite them. Also, it is not a victory to reunite families in prison <laughs> mm -hmm. or to keep them together in prison. I mean, the going forward, right. they would say, well, keep them in detention. They've already, uh, the administration's already trying to challenge the Flores settlement, which is the consent decree signed in 1997 that sets the terms for detaining minors mm -hmm. in immigration detention says they have to be released after 20 days and that there has to be a reasonable effort to reunite them right. with family members in the United States. I just I don't know if other people have talked about this, but yeah. um, and they they want to get rid of it. They want to clear <laughs> the way so that they can hold. They want to hold immigrant families and families seeking asylum in the cages indefinitely. indefinitely. Yeah. And they want to be able to create kangaroo courts that where they can just essentially do mass deportations they could take oh yeah I mean, because our current immigration court system cannot handle this no there are the the reason they're in the cages and these people are in these cages and these prisons is because there literally are not enough judges in the entirety of the united states to process even a fraction of the people right. and that would be if they listen to everyone's that's if they disregard everyone's asylum claim and then just prosecute them but, right. you know, <clears throat> most of these people have legitimate asylum claims. And the only reason that they're being charged with the misdemeanor illegal entry is because they were turned away at a registered port of entry. So they weren't actually able to claim asylum. Right. And this is one of those logical arguments that feels like it should work on Republicans, but it probably won't. It's actually more expensive to keep kids separated from their parents than to have them live together. Oh, I know how much it costs, but why don't you tell everybody <laughs> how much it costs? Uh, to keep um, kids in these newly created tent cities, it's $775 per person per night. Yeah. Oh, and uh, if you want to know how much it, uh, Texas spends per child uh, it, like for its school system, it's somewhere between nine thousand and ten thousand dollars a school year yeah and it is several times that expensive um to house these these undocumented children who were brought here in these cages but you know what i i kind of feel like that's the um but the death penalty is more expensive than life in prison argument i will i mean it's not the right argument to make for sure oh yeah i mean but aside from like the moral argument which is like you should just care about these kids because they're kids yeah. i'm saying in terms of like trying to appeal to the right by using money i'm mm -hmm. like 
th- that feels like it should work, but has it ever worked? No, because what when it comes down to it, the, there are the Republicans that care about money, and they only care about it in so much as the government is helping them keep theirs. Right. And there are the Republicans that care about ruining the lives of other people because they're sadistic shits. Yeah, and like what it comes down to is they're racist and they don't think these immigrants' lives are equal to white lives. Which is why Jeff Sessions said that these kids should feel lucky that they're being kept an immigrant in this detention because they're allowed, they get showers, they get meals, they get warm beds, um, which is like sort of, I have never wished a painful Mm -hmm. cancer, cancerous death upon anyone specifically but I want to cast every witch spell imaginable to bring about a truly horrific end to Jeff Sessions is mm. like man we are just going for it on this episode Jeff Sessions you're next on the list motherfucker but he has deserved he deserves it 100 <laughs> percent. Jeff Sessions is so racist I'm amazed that I just don't know how someone like that exists in 2018. He is like an artifact, but also he's very in vogue right now. Well, I mean, for a certain type of people, although, you know. I mean, the ones who voted Trump in office, millions and yeah. millions and millions. Of All them. of those old white retirees who just want to be able to play golf without having anyone, like any brown person in front of them who isn't serving them a drink, you mean? And like tending to the grass and like creating everything that they're playing on. Yeah. They want them to do that and then just stop existing. <laughs> just build my golf course, serve me drinks and die. Yeah. Um. But speaking of these terrible facilities, there's this new report um, at revealnews.org. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, this is next level bad, guys. Um, Children held at Shiloh Treatment Center, a government contractor south of Houston that houses immigrant minors, described being held down and injected with powerful psychiatric drugs. According to the federal court filings that uh, Reveal News is reporting on, the lawsuit alleges that children were told they were they would not be released or see their parents unless they took medication and that they only were receiving vitamins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, if children are lashing out and screaming and like acting out when you separate them from their parents... They don't need powerful psychiatric drugs. They need their fucking parents. Yeah, I mean, that's why they're hysterical and crying and screaming and, like, they're not mentally ill. No, but this is... We have... The United States has a long history of using uh, sedatives of many different kinds to... uh, And experimenting on poor brown people. Yeah, forced docility in, Mm -hmm. in people who are not privileged in order to do this oh god i'm i'm sorry just the image of of these centers also being sites of illegal slash unethical drug testing can you imagine be, that's your like, fucking job strapping down a kid who's hysterical and injecting them no i mean i can't imagine being the person who takes these kids onto the plane and then scowls at the flight attendant for giving a kid a hug yeah i'm we're gonna talk about that uh, I think in the the good news section because some flight attendants are fighting back against that. Um, but we got to talk about Corey Lewandowski. Oh my God! Speaking of borderline personality disorders, um, Corey Lewandowski refused to apologize Wednesday after he dismissed the story of a ten-year-old girl with Down syndrome who was reportedly separated from her mother after crossing the border illegally. 
in case you missed this clip, uh, he appeared on Fox News um, and former senior Democratic National Committee advisor Zach uh, Pekanis shared this anecdote he had read about the 10-year-old girl with Down syndrome who had been taken from her mother and put in a cage, and Corey Lewandowski replied, womp, womp. And he, then he, he said, said that. He yeah, said he that said on, womp, womp. On television. Mm-hmm. Womp, womp. To own the libs, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's like, oh, it's so sad. What, like, I just... Like, you're a monster, dude. Yeah, yeah. You are a full-on, and I know, like, we're not supposed to use the term sociopath because it I think it's just like too broad. And yeah. But truly, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. If your response to this as a way to keep being on television, as a way to keep doing this or a way, as a way to if that's the way you're going to spin whatever talking points you were going on air with as to just dismiss it out of hand. He also had absolutely no even halfway reasonable explanation for it oh, i think he was not. you know he's he tried to say something about how he wasn't talking about the girl with disability like he wasn't trying to insult people with disabilities or be something but it doesn't even matter because the guy still did it and seemed and th- to think yeah. that that was fine but like him and stephen miller there's this article at vanity fair about um a bunch of the white house officials and one of the white house uh, senior policy advisors said that stephen miller actually uh, enjoys seeing the pictures of, mm-hmm. of the crying kids yeah. at the border. Now, I just want you all to imagine Stephen Miller sort of tearily masturbating to those pictures I mean, because that's what gets him off. And honestly, I imagine that and I think... Eh. Honestly, I, I think that might be real. I mean, it's safer than legitimate. It's like actual child porn. Ooh, uh, but then this advisor also said he's a twisted guy the way he was raised and picked on. There's always been a way he's gone about this. He's Waffen SS. Uh, that Waffen SS being the the most extreme wing of the Nazi party, like the, if you thought like your average Nazi was too warm and cuddly, um, that was like the yeah. real monsters. Did you guys discuss the tweet that was supposed to be promoting ICE as a warm and cuddly thing? And in the photo, the ICE agent that they had photographed, you can clearly see an Iron Cross tattoo underneath Holy his uniform. Holy shit, no. Oh, yeah, they did not do that well. Oh, my God. Sorry to, sorry to derail, guys. No. Um, but, you know, anytime. Yeah, I think there's, you know, Stephen Miller. The Oh, I, I guess it was not a Nazi symbol. Oh, what was it? Like, actual? Um, I guess a fact checker got in trouble at the New Yorker. Oh. Um, do-do-do. Uh, In the gaffe, Lavin allegedly implied over the weekend that Gartner, a combat-wounded veteran and ICE forensic analyst, had the Nazis' Iron Cross linked on his elbow. But she uh, she deleted her post after military veterans responded that the tattoo looked more like a Maltese cross. Okay, guys. Associated firefighters. I'm just going to come in here and say... (laughs) Questionable. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, um, I, I don't know. I have not seen it. I Also, a lot of those crosses very, look very similar, and it's yeah. kind of hard to figure out. I'm, I'm always, I don't know. Yeah. In this day and age, if you're working for ICE, my first thought, if I saw something like that, would yeah. definitely lean towards, I am afraid of you, mm-hmm. not, yep. oh, you rescue kittens. Yeah. No, I think that's valid. Um, I also think it's very few people... Um, understand and know uh right wing 
um, or I should say right wing extremist iconography. Yeah. And icon- yeah. Like stuff like that. And also, as I said, a lot of it can look very similar to like yeah. Celtic tattoos and stuff sure. like that. Well, and I mean, uh, in, intentionally so because well, they're. Yeah, it's, a, it's a cover. You can yeah. be like, oh, no, I'm celebrating my Irish heritage. And people are mm-hmm. like, but you're not Irish. And then you've left by then. Yeah. Um, this is this is going off into this and, and remind me to, to tell you a funny story when we are off the air and perhaps oh, okay. I will relate it uh, in a future episode. Cool, cool, cool. Um, do we have enough time to yell about this? Yeah, I think we do. Which so, one are we yelling about? Um, Jesse uh, Single? Oh, yeah, we definitely do. Okay. So there was a cover story at The Atlantic of, um, so the images of a young transgender person and the text says, your child says she's trans she wants hormones and surgery. She's 13. Just a very ominous, creepy It, it definitely headline. is a headline that suggests you should be concerned about this. Right. And, and what obviously the headline doesn't say is no, um, no medical facility will give a 13-year-old hormones and surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, they wait, I think, at least until 16. 15? 15, yeah. 16? Well, and, and all of the places, I think all of the clinics that have really robust um, care protocols for trans children, mm-hmm. like at the, the hospitals that are sort of the most advanced here, do still have like a very strict like not strict but like pretty well established series of steps that these kids yeah. are encouraged to do and they're and within the the realm of here are the things we're encouraging you to do and here's how you can interact with your parents and this is like fine but like and they have figured out that yes it is important to get through certain hormonal developments before you should yes. make just like before you, it's like, like safe like to do this anybody not, who yeah. thinks you can just walk into a facility and get um the surgery is totally ignorant doesn't or know hormones for fucking anything for anything like it if you've ever known a transgender person who is transitioning and going through all this it takes them a fucking eternity to get anything mm-hmm. um because there's so many arduous um benchmarks they have to hit and they have to go see a psychiatrist and they it takes them forever to get the hormones just to get the hormones let alone mm-hmm. the surgery so no 13 year old is just walking into a clinic and getting the surgery like it's it's fear-mongering also, this author, journalist, I guess, <laughs> Jesse Single, has a long history of fear-mongering when it comes to transgender issues. Um, Which is really fascinating yeah. that people continue to hire him to write these long pieces when, and I guess it's not really because he is writing the pieces that end up being held up by TERFs. Yes. Um, and are cited as evidence that it's dangerous and these, you know, children are being targeted and they're, you know, victims of some sort of weird queer agenda. Yeah. Um, and then also in all of Jesse's articles, shockingly, um, cis people are centered. Yeah. Like how they feel about the transgender experience and well, very it, rarely yeah. does Jesse actually talk to, to transgender people. This, this one's also, I think, Similarly to how he's done other pieces, there were many people who were n- no longer considered themselves trans. Mm-hmm. They had that people who would detransition. Yes, transition. Um, and it, he yeah. wrote an article for the strangers called the detransitioners. So yeah, um, which again is like such a small. So, but I think fraction. this one included stuff about from with people who had detransitioned also, as well. Yeah, um, which I think. 
I'm sorry, if you're trying to write a story about children and what parents might be concerned about if their children have uh, come to them and want to talk about feeling genderqueer or mm -hmm. feeling like they might be trans or feeling that they are trans, that you don't talk to the people who decided they ultimately weren't or yeah. had some other thing going on. Like, you should be encouraging them to talk to people who actually have the experience so that they can get that side of the fucking story. Yeah, and I mean, whatever surgery we're talking about, you can always find a, a fraction of the populace who regrets having the surgery. Right. That, But that doesn't mean your piece has integrity or value. It's just that you clearly came into this with an opinion, which is, oh, transitioning is dangerous. It would be like writing an article. This is, no. It... It makes me think of articles that have been written about uh, teenagers getting abortions yes. that include teenagers who talk, like people who when they had abortions as teenagers talk about regretting it later because they feel like they should have done something differently. And those are then used by anti-abortion activists mm -hmm. to show that teenagers who are allowed to make that choice shouldn't be trusted. Right. And that... And that part, at least, I think directly maps onto what singles work does, which mm -hmm. is to say if you're a child who has questions about their identity and wants to explore this or needs to sort of work out what they feel deep inside themselves, they shouldn't be trusted. There needs to be something that keeps them from... Which is from so fucking dangerous because, like I said, the first few years, probably, of that process is you going to therapy. Yeah. Which even if you choose not to transition might be really good for you. So, so it's almost like he's discouraging people from taking those first steps, which could potentially save lives. Well, and, and let's bring it back to the article that I was talking about, about Brandon Tina. I mean, this right. was 1993 when he was murdered. It was a long time ago. It was 25 years ago. Wow. But that young man knew enough about himself that he, like he went and lived and right. he did exactly what he thought he needed to do and he did it in the way that he needed to do it and he was he's remembered incredibly fondly and sweetly by the yeah. people that knew him and the idea that 25 years later people like Jesse Single are looking at a child and saying you can't make this decision mm -hmm. like that Still, that like that just reinforces the structures of transphobia. And, it's insulting. It's insulting yeah. to young people. Like young people understand who they are. They know themselves better than adults who are like, "I know you." <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it's that time of the episode. Let's all jump up and down. Here is your good news. So a lot of my good news has to do with resistance. People, People are doing great stuff. Doing great stuff. A uh, shout out to the DSA. Oh, what? fuck yeah. Democratic Socialists of America tearing it up. They were the protesters who confronted um, Secretary Nielsen while she was dining at a Mexican restaurant, if you can even fucking believe it. You shouldn't be able to enjoy the food of the Mexican people if you're working to incarcerate their children. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? Ugh, gross. Oh, I will say also there's an amazing article at the Washingtonian mm -hmm. that does a play-by-play -play of the background lead up to that. It actually talks to the people who like organized the protest inside oh, the restaurant. Great, great, so great, great. like 
Washingtonian.com. Check it out. It's so fascinating and such a wonderful, like, bit of, like, background, like a sort of behind-the-scenes look at how these really fantastic organizers are doing stuff right now. Yeah, the DSA is doing incredible work right now. Um, Also, shout-out to the protesters in Portland who uh, at least temporarily got ICE shut down, um, (laughs) or at least one of ICE's facilities, due to their ongoing Occupy protest. Apparently, we have a light treason news listener who was there. Oh, hell yeah. uh, And he was tweeting us, hashtag light treason pod. Uh, I'm sorry I'm spacing on your name right now, but solidarity, that's awesome. And here is a huge result of that. They at least had it temporarily shut down. Yeah. My favorite part of this story was that when people from inside ICE came out to ask the protesters to leave, their reasoning was, you're keeping the officers from their families. Oh, that sucks. What's that feel like? Yeah. Oh, Uh, no. But also, like, serious shout out and props to the fact that, like, the occupiers stayed and had a presence that was so robust that they literally could not do work. I mean, yeah. that's... I mean, that's the goal, right? Like, well, right. disrupt, stop yeah. them from stealing yeah. children? Yeah. No, that is, that is like, gears in the machine. That's, like, mm-hmm. you're stopping it from happening. That means that, at the very least, the people... Like, Portland can't be processing uh, children who are being stolen from their families. Also, shout out to Atlanta. The ma- Democratic mayor, badass black lady, uh, said that until they have evidence that any person slash child that's being transported to their city is not that everyone is not being separated from either a child or a parent that they're not accepting any boss any people boss um for ICE detention. Hey, I wish New York City would fucking do oh, that. Oh, you mean unlike the hundreds of fucking babies that are all here? Uh, New York One, did you see the footage they got? I did, yeah. So New York One, God bless local news, uh, had cameras on the street in like the because middle a, of the night. A reporter got a tip that yeah. there were there were going to be on, like children who had been separated from their families arriving in New York and going to a specific Cayuga something or other yeah, in they East were on Harlem. Like the, the sixth floor of a building, of a building in, Harlem. in East Harlem. And they brought cameras there and, you know... It's I, so creepy. Yeah, it's it was 12.45 in the morning and there are toddlers and, like, five-year-olds the, the being babies, led like, into yeah, this building. Yeah, this woman building. is, like, holding their hands and, like, escorting them to this building. Um, and then they, they heard that she was asking to be buzzed into the sixth floor and then they checked what the sixth floor was. It was just so badass. I was like, I love local news. Once again, news. shout out local news. Yeah. Like these Support people get news. it done. Yeah. yeah, they do. Um, so I also wanted to shout out the LaGuardia protesters who gathered, uh, at the airport on Wednesday night because they had heard that, uh, children were being escorted through terminal B securities gate. Um, and they were there, obviously, to protest <laughs> these children being stolen from their parents. Um, but it really reminded me of uh, Trump's Muslim ban, how yeah. everybody just turned out immediately. Mm. Um, well, there were so many. I saw photos of people holding signs, uh, you know, te amamos, like, you know, yeah. like all of these, like. Uh, that's the only one I can remember that's actually in Spanish. But they were like a bunch of Spanish language signs that were there uh, so that 
you know, if these children were old enough to read or from places that actually like taught them to read, they would at least have this. But it sounded like there were people that were there that were also like really invested in if they saw children that looked like it, they yeah. could communicate to them in a way that yeah maybe and i mean like as shitty as that situation is and obviously nothing substitutes being with your mom and your dad like hearing your language and hearing someone say like we love you it's gonna be okay like i'm sure even if your friend child is like oh like even momentarily comforting you know i mean i just think that a lot of people must wonder what you do and i think if the thing you do in that moment is shout that out yeah. good because it could well do that for someone yeah yeah um also <clears throat> this was uh, a story that went viral <coughs> excuse me the other day on twitter of a flight attendant who <coughs> had witnessed one of these what would you call it like a, a, a prison flight a prison flight <laughs> baby con air baby con air oh my god of um a immigration official escorting children and this flight attendant just saw children and wanted to comfort them and she hugged one of the kids and this official like shot her a dirty look um so i wanted to talk about that but i also wanted to talk about there's an op-ed at the houston chronicle um written by a flight attendant who has been a flight attendant for 29 years and is writing the op-ed to say, I'm no longer going to be complicit in these flights. Oh, this is the one who's like probably an older gay guy, right? Uh, maybe. I feel like I, I read the byline and I thought... Let me see. It sounds like... I mean, 29 years, that's a long-ass time. Um, Hunt Palmquist is okay, a flight yeah. attendant. So I'm, I'm making some many assumptions, so I apologize if but I'm I super love wrong. But I all the assumptions like... you're making. <laughs> yeah, uh, that because would be incredible. I'm sorry, I love every time I see a 50-year-old kind of femi dude flight attendant that because they're, they're usually so the sweetest to me well you, they're <laughs> sweet but they're also simultaneously like fucking over it oh yeah i mean amazing but i like to imagine like after reading this thinking of like the picture i had in my head of that character writing this op-ed filled me with a, a glow and love that i it's hard to describe but it was it was just intense and i thought oh yeah god i wish this i hope this man gets yeah. all of the benefits <laughs> also american airlines was like um excuse me because they were not informed by ice that their planes were being used for this i know so american airlines is like no you can't do that anymore yeah. which is also great i hope every airline is mm -hmm. like we're not allowing this oh anymore. some of them are not including the one i have to fly on most of the time united? so united has joined i think at the moment it's uh united joined american airlines yeah it's oh, american great. airlines united fucking frontier so they can manage like but obviously since they don't pay for anything and their planes are garbage and you have to pay for all of it yeah. all the time and you might crash at any moment it's not really that bad because whatever sure. uh and then i think southwest okay. might have joined okay. maybe or maybe it was southwest or Jet Blue, one of the why do i mix them up but fucking delta shut up delta Delta waited until after Trump said he was going to sign an executive order. And then they said a bunch of mealy mouth nonsense about welcoming, uh, like wanting to be an airline to reunite families and unite people and oh, whatever. Shut up. They saw and then, all the other airlines. Say and no. then at the end, they were like, we're really we are heartened to see that uh, President Trump is going to put an end to this policy. And I was just like. I can't believe you're the only airline that flies direct to my hometown. I mean, they probably saw all the other airlines saying we're not going to do this. And they were like, oh, we can make bank if we do this. <laughs> you know what? So <sighs> fucking gross. 
Uh, I also want to shout out Cynthia Nixon. Fuck yes. Who uh, has called to abolish ICE. She's not fucking playing, guys. She, she was in City Hall and called ICE a terrorist, terrorist organization. organization. <laughs> she call- I say that on this little podcast. She's fucking running for fucking governor. Uh, governor. And like, that is a different platform. I'll say that. I do not have the audience on this podcast as Cynthia Nixon does, and she's saying the same fucking thing I am, which is amazing. I can almost never say that about anybody running for any kind of uh, seat, even if it's like a state leadership position. Um, Yeah, amazing. Uh, They are absolutely a terrorist organization. We should abolish them. Oh, I also want to say there was a tweet that a lot of people were talking about the other day where I guess... um, Paul Ryan in an attempt to mm, um, I saw this mm. p- position us as I guess extremists was saying uh, oh these are the people who want to abolish borders and someone like was like hey Paul Ryan no one's saying that uh, I'm saying that oh yeah me too a bunch you know of people who, are saying that you know who else is saying that uh, at, like Minnesota Attorney General candidate Keith Ellison <laughs> yeah like here's the thing we We've tried being reasonable, right? We've tried meeting in the middle. It never fucking wor- works. We get steamrolled. Let's just ask for the moon at this point. Let's abolish ICE. Let's abolish borders. Let's just have the agenda we actually want to have so. instead of this like watered down like, oh, let's meet them halfway. No, no, no. Fuck this. Abolish ICE is the compromise position. Yeah. Abolish borders is the starting point. And if you guys really want to play with us, like you can abolish ICE. It is like, it is a 13 or no, 15 year old organization. It is. It's redundant. brand new. It's a little baby organization that George W. Bush created. We can get rid of it. Yeah. It's younger easily. than some of the children being ripped from their parents right facts. now. Hashtag facts. Also, I had another point that I forgot. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just got no, so excited okay. when I saw Cynthia Nixon doing her thing that I was like, oh, just keep going like this. It makes me so happy. It's so great. Here's the thing. Um, she might very well lose, but I think she's so valuable to have in the mix because every time she says something like abolish ICE, Cuomo has to figure out how he's going to respond to that. Oh, yeah. And he's already made a bunch of extremely problematic comments about what's been happening. Yeah. And, I mean, basically tried to shade de Blasio for, you know, I think did de Blasio, like, shade de Blasio for his position on some of these things. And I'm just like, I can't believe that you're letting your pissing contest get in the way of trying to help fucking babies. Yeah. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Guys. You know what we get when we try to compromise? Baby internment camps. Mm-hmm. We yeah. tried. We tried. And that that's what they brought to the table. So I think what we should bring to the table as a, a counter proposal is abolishing borders. And oh, I'm like, gonna- if you want to get extreme, we can get extreme up in here, okay? Mm. I don't think we should have an American citizenship. Mm. Hey. I mean... I want to make one more point on the the Cynthia Nixon thing because I think it's yes. amazing. There is a great article who, and I can't remember who wrote it, but it's it's a wonderful profile. It might even have been in the New York Times, who gets a lot of uh, demerits for me right now. But it was specifically talking about how uh, the legitimacy gap between women candidates and male, oh, yeah. like men candidates, and how that tracks with celebrity like people who were celebrities before. So the idea that like Arnold Schwarzenegger is allowed to become a governor of California Mm -hmm. with no political experience. Ronald Reagan gets to be like, gets to become governor and then president. Mm -hmm. And everyone looks at Cynthia Nixon's campaign as if it's completely ridiculous and she's a crazy person. And you know, she is 
leaning, I'm proud of her because she's leaning into this, this uh, depiction of her as like incapable of winning and just actually standing up for the positions that she believes in yeah. that are actually good positions. Great positions. I like, she hasn't said, I don't think she said anything yet that I've strongly disagreed with. I mean, I, I, what I keep seeing from her campaign is that she's willing to be, she seems like it's more important for her to stay morally consistent to her ideals than it is to win. And I think that's probably the, real difference between her and the guys that won yeah. Yeah. Um, also she's running as a democrat against a fucking corrupt ass democrat and yeah. most like, of the guys that the won in corrupt. California were all republicans so yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, guys thank you so much for listening please follow Meredith on twitter at Meredith Clark if you have any thoughts about anything we talked about today, hashtag light trees and pod. I love hearing from you guys. I loved hearing from our listener who was at the Portland protest. What a badass. More of that. Basically, I love hearing from you guys anytime it's not like a complaint about the sound or uh, you're mad at me for some reason. <laughs> like you can, I, I love when you have constructive feedback, but like, let's have a conversation um, as opposed to just occasionally hearing from someone who's like, there was sound interference in the first 10 minutes of the episode. Okay. <sighs> Guys, I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, if you have the means to do so right now, go to lighttreason.news. Hit that donate button. Support the show for as little as $5 a month. There's a bunch of wacky shit we need to talk about with you. But uh, I need support to keep the show going. So if you can do that. Please do that. I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Allison Kilkenny. There's a bunch of new content up there. A new The Window podcast. Our dramatic reading of Mystery Weekend by Baby Allison <gasps> is up there, complete with sound effects. It's really good, guys. Go check that out. Leave a comment. And guys, while you're at it, get out there and cause a little trouble. <laughs> <laughs>